Well, thank you for yeah. being here. And I know we're going to get into a little bit today about freedom from fear and anxiety. And people might yeah. say, well, what really is fear? Right. So I, there's there's the great question. You know, um, as a therapist, we have seen such an increase in this. You know, we have reported about 70% of 30 and down saying, you know, I have anxiety. And given what we've gone through, what we're seeing in our newspapers, what's going on in the government, you know, it's not a surprise that we're con- that people are anxious. And there are real dangers and issues. Don't don't misunderstand me, you know. But our our fear level has risen. And when I was doing some research for this topic, um, I came across FDR Franklin um, Roosevelt. Um, said in his inaugural address, you, you'll know this, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Remember that? Yes, that's who said that. I didn't know. I know it's a saying yeah, on a sign. I didn't know who it was from, but okay. Yeah. But here's what was happening. This man's like leading a country through one of the worst periods. It was, it was 1932, you know, during the Great Depression. To So clearly people were worked up, Right. I mean, I'm assuming there was a lot of fear going on. And so even at that point, he was saying, okay, we got to deal with this is an issue, you know, and we can't live in that place of being constantly fearful. And that level of fear like that puts us into a high alert. And when we're there, that's where our fight, flight or freeze happens, our neurobiology, biological activity just goes nuts and it's intended to help us cope with those adverse situations but when we live in it you know it causes us to have all kinds of adverse reactions so when you asked bottom line what is fear i want to try to describe the difference between what i'm going to call fear and an anxious state of mind okay okay fear is there's clear and immediate danger something's going to cause you pain there's a threat there's actually something happening okay for instance someone starts chasing you you're in clear or a bad person starts chasing you you know you're in clear immediate danger right yeah however anxiety is defined as um future focused thinking toward a threat and it inter and it interferes with your coping. So that is your brain thinking you might be in danger. So anxiety often hits as soon as you start thinking something might be wrong, right? Mm-hmm. So if I think I live in a bad neighborhood, right, where there or there's actually been a bunch of muggings in this neighborhood, yeah. right? There's not a huge chance that I'm going to go for a run at dark by myself, yeah. right? That's that's anxious thinking. Even though there's no present danger, my brain starts going, hmm, that might not be. And I'm not saying that's bad, but that's what anxiety is. Yeah. So fears we're actually in trouble. Anxiety, we have a dread or discomfort, but are not at that moment actually in trouble, in mm-hmm. danger. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It, actually, I'm glad you broke it down that way because I have anxiety in a different, but you just explained it. So you're right. Imminent fear, right? imminent danger. Got it. Got it. 
So that being said, fear is not bad. No. So I think it's a bad rap. You know, I mean, fear you, could you, also be like a mate, like you could discover something new, like, you know, just being scared of heights. Like my friend didn't want to jump off the cliff. Yes. You did. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing. Fear could bring yes. freedom to fear could bring freedom. Right. Breaking through it can bring freedom. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but if you sat and you spent a bunch of time thinking about that jump and you start getting worked up and you get anxious, but you're sitting on your couch <laughs> thinking so about right. that jump, yeah. right? Right. Now you're dealing with thought patterns, not I'm standing on the edge of that airplane lip, you know, and I'm going to actually one more step. I mean, that's actually fear. And that's actually there's potentially you are putting yourself in danger. Let's be honest when you jump onto a plane. Right. It's so true. So so I, I think, you know, just to know that there's a downside to anxiety because unchecked thinking like that causes, you know, emotional, physical, and spiritual distress. And people that don't deal with their anxiety are at risk of developing the disorders, the panic attacks, phobias, OCD, you know. So that's what we want to talk about with people. And we have been blessed by the radio station for you and I to talk about this today, and I think in like two days, because it's going to take us a hot minute to go through this. Go, go, go for it. I'm here. All ears. Go. Okay. (laughs) No distractions. Go. Go. So anxiety, Rob, will will limit our life. You know, some people, and I have been guilty of this, spend hours worrying and playing out scenarios. And um, like, actually, I have been guilty of not only playing out the scenario, but I've figured out what someone else is going to say. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? And then I get anxious about what they don't even know this conversation is going to be happening. And yeah. I'm right. And I'm anxious about that. So you know, research says we live in an age of anxiety and it can impact us, our jobs, the way we live, our friends and our family. And that's when we know it's a problem. And one of the things that I would say is you you just gave a perfect example with that plane. You know, if I sat and I thought about that plane jump, oh gosh, yep. right? mm-hmm. it can, it can, it's an imagined threat, but it can have the same impact yep. as actually doing it. It can etch a pathway of fear into our brain, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, one of the examples that I see really often in this is like, say, for instance, emotional abandonment. It's the result of a significant person in your life discarding you in some way, right? Oh no, because my thing is on this. That shouldn't be happening. Sorry, guys. Um, but this type of invisible, invisible injury causes great harm to us because we need people. But research has found one of the primary ways to injure someone is to make them believe that they're going to lose significant contact, mm-hmm. right? With somebody, the imagined threat And even when you think of like our prison systems, and I don't want to go there because that's a whole hot topic in itself, but, you know, solitary confinement is what people often use for that imagined threat of being without communication, without people, right? That's, that's anxiety. However, there's hope for anxiety sufferers. If you're out there right now and you're going, oh my gosh, this is me. 
right? Yeah, it is, it's it's been robbing me. You know, there is hope. And we're going to talk about some ways. Um, but first, we want to work our way down to um, knowing some of those struggles. What are some of the leading causes of, of anxiety right now? I think we talked about um, environmental factors, right? Mm-hmm. So relationships, our jobs, mm-hmm. the financial predicament going on right now, right? They can all contribute um a major life event you know uh a death in the family or a loss in the family uh but even small stressors like traffic jams <laughs> and long lines in the super- supermarket they can get to us yeah. they can cause that anxiety to grow unfortunately there's genetics in anxiety it can run in families right so people who have family members that are you know, um, coming down the line anxious. Um, and I believe that this also could it's be spiritual. Hereditary. Oh, yeah. It like a past, like, exactly. A past trauma, past life. It, I, that's what I hear. Yep. <laughs> pass, pass it. Well, it but, but it can be passed down to you. Mm-hmm. Um, medical, med- some medical factors. You know, we can have, we can take medications that, I mean, a doctor actually recently, homeopathic doctor gave me, a very great, um, I think it was, I can't remember what it was to help with cortisol or something like that. And it was full of like, I think it was B or, and something else. And I, I finally, I reached out to him. I was like, every time I take this thing, you know, I go, what's yeah, going on? Yeah. Right. And so some medicines, whether they're good for you or, you know, something you should be taking, check. Because if you're, you know, if you've added a new thing and you're feeling anxious, and then there's brain chemistry, like a TBI, a traumatic brain injury. You know, that is we see more often than not, especially with vets. Um, but, you know, even people who have had an accident, car accidents and stuff like that, they can, you know, um, slightly injure that area. And that can be, you know, unfortunately, a consequence of that. And then substance abuse. abuse. I mean, uh. and I know... There are people out there like, I take substances to help with this. Sometimes that will have the adverse effect on you. So I would mm-hmm. definitely check, you know, especially if you're, you know, uh, doing withdrawal <sighs> from that. Taping All right. Off, yeah. So are you ready yes. to take a quiz, Jill? I'm ready. I'm ready. Go okay. for it. Come on. <laughs> Go okay, ready? Mm-hmm. We're everybody out there. Don't Don't get into a car wreck if you're in a car. But. Zero to four. I want you to kind of rate yourself and then and we'll kind of give you a level. And remember, this isn't a diagnostic tool, but it's a way to help you figure out what your next steps might be. All right. So zero to four. Do you experience anxiety and worry and find it difficult to control? Zero, never. One, rarely. Two, sometimes. Three, often. Four, very often. Okay. Number two, does worry or anxiety make you feel fatigued or irritable? Really common side effect. Zero, never. One, rarely. Two, sometimes. Three, often. Four, very often. Okay. Three, does worry or anxiety interfere with your sleep or your ability to concentrate? Another huge side effect. (laughs) So zero, never, rarely, Sometimes, often, very often. 
Okay. I'm tearing up because I got all four so far, but I, I a lot on my plate, but keep going. I'm, I'm with you, but I really have that much anxiety. Keep, keep, keep going. I'm here. Okay. That's all right. That's right. Four. Do you experience repetitive and persistent thoughts that are upsetting and unwanted? And this is very common if you've had an accident or trauma or something, you know, again, zero to four, never, rarely, sometimes, often, very often. Okay. Five, do you experience strong fear that causes shortness of breath, uh, chest pains, pounding heart, sweating, shaking, nausea, dizziness, and fear of dying? You know what that is, everybody. It's a panic attack. <laughs> Are you having panic attacks? You know, zero, never, rarely, sometimes, often, very often. Okay. And I would say, um, just as a little caveat, don't take this test as happening just today or this quiz is happening today. Or, you know, give yourself a two weeks because some days are better than others. So kind of sit back and go, okay, did that happen yesterday too? General or overall. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Two, only two left. Number six, do you avoid places or social settings for fear of a panic happening? And that's like somebody who doesn't like bridges or water or high places, you know. So zero, never one rarely, two sometimes, three often, four very often. And the last question, all right. Do you ever engage in repetitive behaviors to manage your worry? So that would be checking that the oven is off a bunch of times, locking doors, washing hands, counting, repeating cleaning words. Cleaning the floors, cleaning the toilets nonstop. Yes, obsessive. <laughs> those, those are, a those are a little, uh, you know, some, as you well know, can be a little OCD behavior. So that would be zero, never, one rarely, two sometimes, three often, four very often. Okay. So add up your score. And you do not have to, Jill, okay. tell me what's going on. Okay. And no one else does either. But I'm going to read just a little bit about where, where we would be. those okay. ranges go. Okay? Okay. So if you got a zero to six, you're a very calm person. And your, your score falls below the range. And that could be that you um, are just an amazingly well-adjusted person, or it could be you're stuffing a little bit of your fear. Um, and actually, I would say to that person, you know, make sure that you're experiencing your emotions, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, and maybe it's good. It's all good, you know, but just check on that. 7 to 11, your score shows some mild signs of anxiety. Maybe you're in the middle of a stressful time and your mind's responding to this. Chances that your anxiety will improve as time goes on, but it might be worth keeping an eye on how it's impacting your life. 12 to 16, your score suggests that anxiety has started to get in the way of how you live your daily life. However, do not be alarmed. This is very common and there are things that we can do to improve. That's what we're going to do here, people, today and um, in, in a couple of days. We're going to work on ways to improve. And there are different levels of anxiety, and, and yours can change from day to day, but it's important to seek help early. The sooner you talk to someone, the sooner you'll be on the road to recovery. And a 17 to 21, so that's a, that's a higher score. It falls into the high range, and it's probably gotten the way of you going to work, meeting friends, or doing stuff that even matters to you. And please remember that this is not a diagnosis. We're just out there kind of going, hey, that's getting in the way of your life and maybe it's time to take a look at it. All right. 
or to work on some of the things that we're going to talk about. And if they don't work, it's time to to look to get maybe someone involved. So please remember, you know, we are talking about anxiety. um, But if you ever feel like you need immediate assistance, 1-800-273-TALK, 8255. It's a helpline. You can get someone to talk to you, you know, free and right now. 1-800-273-8255. Yep, 8255. Yep. Wow. So make sure, like, if we've just taken that quiz and you're like, what? You know, um, that if you're feeling like you need to really talk with someone, they can um, talk with you and they can also maybe get you connected to someone because you'll need to be connected to someone in your state that you live. Um, There are resources at the Family Collective also that you can take a look at. And like I said, we're going to talk about a bunch more. All right. So there are two distinct brain responses to anxiety because of the constant chatter between the different regions. You know, we're calling this the fear zone and no one brain region drives the activity on its own. The fear brain has two parts, a cognitive and an emotional. All right. And the cortex where our thoughts come together is the cognitive. It's the thinking part of the brain. And this is the part that enables us to reason, create language, engage in complicated thinking and um, approaches to treating anxiety for that part are um, typically focused on the thinking patterns. What was I thinking at that moment? You know, like you talked in your airplane mode. What was I thinking sitting on the couch that caused me to have the same panic as what was I thinking standing on the edge of that jump spot, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's important to note that thoughts originating in the cortex may be the cause of anxiety or they may have the effect of increasing it. Again, what we were just talking about, what we're sometimes we're thinking of things that aren't really even happening to us. That's the anxiety, right? And then um, we have the amygdala, and that's located, you know, deep inside the, our emotional brain, our right head, right side of our brain, and it's the zone for the fight, flight, or freeze. Okay. And the role of the amygdala is to attach emotional significance to situation or objects and memories, right? But the amygdala is small, and it, and it has influence over a lot of our emotional responding. So both the cortex and the amygdala play parts in us being anxious, all right? For instance, if I believe snakes are terrifying, the emotional brain, right? I can rationalize where you like, where you headed, this, you know, where you headed, you know, they're very rare. Or the ones that are there are black garden snakes, you know? That's, That's allowing my cognitive zone to overtake the emotional zone. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And I know that we're going to run out of time today to talk about a bunch of these, but we are going to, so if you're listening and you're like, I need help with this, please come back and listen to us because we're going to spend some time talking in both of those sides of the brain, some very specific things that we can do to work on the anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. So, Please know that there's hope. Um, and sometimes there's coping things we can do. For instance, I'm going to okay. throw my poor husband under the bus. You know, he he does not like heights. 
And the guy is about as calm as calm gets, but heights are not his thing. So tall buildings are not his thing. So because he's not a firefighter, doesn't have to go into tall buildings, it's not going to probably affect his life, right? So sometimes people out there, there are things that we can do to adjust. However, if I have to go home- what if he got a job on like the floor of- Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, he'd have a hard time going near a window. That's what I said. Yeah. So there's sometimes that we have to solve the puzzle, right? Yeah. If I am a firefighter or, you know, I have uh, live in Charleston, there's a bridge on my way home. If I couldn't go over bridges, this would be a problem, right? Yeah. So sometimes we have to, to work on this and solve it together. So um, I think that's probably a good, great place for me to stop on explaining the Got fear it. part of that. Um, but next time we're together, we're going to go over some strategies for the cortex part of the brain and some strategies for the emotional part of the brain that can help us with those. So I'm interested. I'm like on the edge of my seat here. <laughs> I am. I really have a lot of anxiety and it's something I've never really dealt with. I deal with it every day, but I've never spoke to anyone about it. Um, I've never, it's affecting my life more and more now with my kids and my I'm going to tear up. So today's show really, um, yeah, you got me thinking about things I could start doing, you know, and yes. to try to, yeah, got to cope with it. It's not easy. Yes. Like right now I'm going to cry again. No, it's, it's not okay. that time we of the know. month. It is ah! just, <laughs> no. You and I are dangerous. No, but, and Jill, you're not alone. There's so, I mean, it's like I said, we're, we're at 70, 80% of people are struggling with this right now. And sometimes I think it's important for us to know, you know, what am I listening to? What am I watching? Yeah. Who am I listening to? And I'm not against, you know, but I'm I'm like, okay, um, you know, during COVID, my husband bit prayerfully said, we cannot watch the news every day yeah, or yeah, we're, we're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. You no, know, because it's going to repeat that same fear into us continually, mm-hmm. you know. And so there are some healthy things that we can do with the thinking part of our brain that we can really do. But there's also some things. So one of the greatest things that you can do with the emotional part of our brain is learning relaxation, people out there. And it's not a part of our lives anymore, you know, but it needs to be a part where we learn to um to focus on our breathing, to focus on our emotional relaxing, to focus on things that are like healthy for us in that matter. And we're going to go over a bunch of them. So thank you. I'm looking forward to it. And I am looking forward to it too. With this uh, 24 hours, I think we'll be back together. So um, the family collective really quickly, you want me to, okay. (laughs) I'm trying to kind of help you girl. No, good. We got two more minutes. Go ahead. Okay, thefamilycollective.co. So please go on, take a look of us. You know, when you know who you are and we allow others to be who they are, we begin to form the foundation for true community. And that's what the Family Collective is. It's trying to help you have healthy community by having healthy individuals, healthy couples, healthy communities. So we have a lot of resources um, out there and maybe at the end of the talk um, tomorrow, the next day, we'll, t- we'll go through specifically some of them. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much. So I'm looking on the website now, the online courses, the support groups, marriage group facilitators, there's so much more to this. Uh, yeah. That you all have together. Um, and again, go to the family collective.co. Co. 
<laughs> yeah, and it's in it's in uh, Portuguese and Spanish right now. So we're in, you know, you have resources if you're not an English speaking person. Not all other languages, but we have quite a few. Oh, thank you so much, Diane Arnold, for today's conversation. I needed it, and we're really back 24 hours from now. Yeah, we're really I didn't know that. Okay, 24 great. or 48, but we're going to come right. up with another solution soon. Perfect. I'm I'm interested myself personally as well. Thank you so much for okay. today. Really appreciate it.